welcome to episode 14 of What's Your Jam? Conversations about what makes us happy over a cup of tea and jam scone. I'm beginning to feel like what makes us happy is not quite what this is about, but I think that the things that people do are the things that make them happy. As you may be able to tell, there's some weird drilling going on in the background because that's what my life is now, is trying to record audio in a space where construction is happening next door. It's so much fun. Uh, Also this morning, uh, I managed to wake up 10 minutes before the interview, which was really well done. And uh, halfway through the interview, Molly the cat decided to jump onto the computer and stop the recording. So that was really great. And I love you so much, Molly. And you are so much fun. And right now she's trying to attack my ankles. And um, yeah, she's just generally annoyed at me for not paying 100% of my attention to her. She's beautiful and soft and furry and lovely, but also a little shit, aren't you, you beautiful creature? Oh, she bit me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I had a really my guest for today's show, Amelia Ryan. Now she had a mission and a half to get even to Wellington, but she's here and she's doing her friend show, uh, Lady Liberty, at Griffin Theatre tonight, tomorrow, the next day. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, strongly recommend it. She was really lovely to talk to and um and it just sounds like it's a solid show and I think you should check it out. Uh, I'll pop the links wherever the links go, but here is my chat with Amelia. Molly, I'm watching you. <laughs> um, thanks so much for coming in on this early morning. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's it, it doesn't feel like it's early, but then you put yourself in fringe time and you're like, actually, this is early. This is very early. <laughs> Yeah. you're sleeping in that's good um sleeping in as much as you can exactly yeah yeah that is definitely a thing um uh so you're a cabaret performer that's yeah your, that's your main thing yeah cabaret performer mm-hmm. kind of loosely comedian i guess mm-hmm. um but i suppose that's mainly what i do yeah cabaret does tend towards the comedic does it well it's kind of often easier to watch if it's funny so <laughs> You know, no one wants to sit crying for an hour during a cabaret show. So, That's yeah, it's easier to watch. So we'll do it that way. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of heart to it, though, right? I mean, totally. I, think, I find that about all comedy. If there's nothing to sort of go, oh yeah, I care about that thing. Then yeah, exactly. Life is a bit cheap. Yeah, I think my kind of you know, I guess principles when I'm creating a show is, um, I want them to laugh, think, and feel. Mm-hmm. So if I'm kind of crossing those things, then I feel like that's a well-rounded product. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and you've just come from Perth Fringe. Yes. Yes. And yeah. did you do, was there a Fringe before that or is that the first one of the year? That's the first one of the year. Yeah. yeah. So Perth, New Zealand, Adelaide, I think is next. Adelaide is next. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to Adelaide? I am. Yes. That's yeah. Wonderful. So I'm going to Adelaide with a relatively new show called Livy and Pete, the songs of Olivia Newton-John and Peter Allen. Oh, yes. And that's a duo show with Michael Griffiths who's mm-hmm. an amazing cabaret performer um, yeah that's awesome yeah so but you're here in Wellington to do uh, Lady Liberty that's right yes I was yeah. going to say Storm in a D cup but that's the other show that I yeah. was just reading about yes yeah yes. I, re- I read the I read the material yay research <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I've kind of phased out of Storm in a D cup it's mm-hmm. a very it was a great show and I love doing it but it's very autobiographical and I wrote it in my 20s and I'm now 33 and it's like, how long can I keep waving this flag of being a disastrous sort of young girl when I'm just, you know. I'm okay now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it lost its conviction. Oh, yeah. If you're not, if you yeah. 
if you want people to feel but you don't feel totally it's not work yeah yeah so so Storm in a Keep Decap was about being a, a terrible 20 something yeah, it was, it was just about a whole bunch of stories that I'd collected throughout my life. So stuff about my family, stuff about questionable career choices, stuff about, you know, mm-hmm. accidents. It's a typical coming-of-age cabaret, really. Right. You know, everyone writes their first show about, oh, look this at my funny I life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I had some reasonably colourful stories, but it, you know, probably live, probably went on for one or two years longer than it needed to, I'd right. say. But, yeah. you know. That's how you learn. That's how you tour a show as well, right? It's exactly like, right. Yeah. When, you're, when you're making a show and you want to develop it and make it keep going, you have to sort of, you have to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose it's being a bit capitalistic as well. It's like, well, I haven't been to this city with the show, so I may as well do that okay. there so that yeah. then I can come back with the next show. But yeah. I certainly couldn't have, you know, brought a Storm in a D-Cup here, even though, you know, it sells so well because of the name mm. alone. So people are like, oh, Storm in a D-Cup, boobs, let's go see that. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no boobs in the show, but um, <laughs> it's just, you know, You're marketing. <laughs> you reel them in with a promise of boobs. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. a good time. Yeah. Uh, and so your new show is about uh, liberty. Yeah. And I was reading the Q&A that you did for, for Edinburgh. Yes. And um, – and yeah, so what's what, what what prompted that show? So it is without inten- without my intending it to be. It is a bit of a follow up to a Storm in a Decup because Storm was so inherently personal, and I built a nice little following through that. So um, it was, in a nutshell, it's kind of about the quest to sort your shit out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at some it's point, very 30s. it is <laughs> exactly. So it's very like. Um, Next phase, I feel like it, at some point in our lives we all embark on some kind of quest to sort our shit out, mm-hmm. um, whether it's in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, it's about my kind of journey to do that and then I kind of, you know, take it from the micro to the macro, I suppose, throughout the show. But, um, yeah, and so I called it Lady Liberty because it started off uh, inspired literally by the Statue of Liberty. So this quest for me, um, in inverted commas, was uh, inspired by a breakup. So I was with my ex-partner for four years um, and he broke up with me and I was really gutted. So I booked myself a trip to New York and the Statue of Liberty became like, I guess like a muse or like a symbol. And and um, and then I developed a bit of a relationship with New York and thought I was going to move there and then one thing led to another and I didn't move there. I moved somewhere else instead and that's all Where in did the you show. Move? I moved to Adelaide. Oh, great. Yeah, so I was in Sydney and, um, you know, Adelaide's a nice little relatively sleepy city of Australia, but it's actually not sleepy. It's very vibrant. But um, the perception is that it's sleepy. Yeah. But, yeah, and so the show, I guess, is about, you know, liberty is freedom and so it's about what actually makes us feel free mm. and liberated, not just in our heads but in reality mm. uh, yeah I mean that's a very philosophical way of looking at it yeah. throughout the show it's very a comical look at all of those things yeah yeah and it's uh, in the Q&A that you said in the other one you said you kept it pretty light yeah because I mean there's some very intense topics you can talk about in terms of liberty totally yeah but if you were going like I'm explicitly trying to keep things light yeah then you've got a different angle so. exactly yeah and you know I sort of toyed with the idea of exploring women's liberation in all of its complex forms or like you know you can look at racial liberation all those things but I think for the purpose of what I create you know I'd, lo- I'd happily explore that in writing 
or something, but just for the stage when you've got a one hour show, it's like, I don't think this is the right forum for me to explore those things. <laughs> Listeners, Molly the Cat just jumped on the keyboard and stopped the recording, which is very <laughs> helpful. So um, that's the most interfering thing she's done so far. She's <laughs> pretty cute otherwise. She's very beautiful. But you didn't think it was the right forum because yeah. of the kind of show you're making. Yeah. 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 It's pretty reasonable. Yeah, maybe at some point, but it's just not when I go under the guise of comedy either. It's sort of... Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, the show has a few deep moments, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. yeah. And I think... It, I was having a big chat with with James Nokise. Have you watched his? No. Show? He's taught around a few, but he's yeah, um, cool. he's in Wellington now. Yep. Um, he's a Wellington boy. Um, boy. <laughs> yeah, take that, James. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and we were talking about like just the amount of work and responsibility that comes from trying to do material about that sort of thing as exactly. well. Like it's huge, and you have yeah. to be prepared to take it on. Yes, and to know it inside out, it's oh. sort of. And sometimes I think there's just a bit of a contradiction about like you know flouncing in as a privileged white girl and being like oh like I don't know I just feel like I don't I haven't earned that kind of gravitas yet I just don't know enough I haven't experienced enough Mm -hmm. I haven't lived it or breathed it all I've got is my outside opinion based on what the media portrays so it's like you're like, yeah. I, I'm not the person to deliver that message. No, so so, it. that's exactly yeah. right. And someone else will do that really well. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. But what I'm really good at is writing parodies about drinking too much. So <laughs> I'm just going to stick to my skill set. <laughs> yes, right. Write what you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, how, how long have you been into cabaret? Uh, so I started off in musical theatre when I was mm-hmm. really young. Uh, and then I studied at the Victorian College of the Arts in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um and that was musical theatre. And while I was there, I was like, I'm a bit of a square peg in a round hole. And that is mainly because I don't and can't dance. <laughs> that, is, that is quite necessary Really for problematic, theater. yeah. yeah. Um, and look, I always knew that I wasn't a dancer, but I kind of hoped that, you know, with three years of pretty intense training, I'd get better. Mm-hmm. And I even hired a one-on-one coach oh. and it just never got any better. Oh, no. And... Um, and so that's kind of when I moved into comedy. I'd always loved, you know, I'd always suppose I'd been, you know, quirky and kind of funny, but I, I, it was kind of a matter of necessity because I had to fill a gap in on the stage and that was comedy really and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I fell into quite naturally. And then we had to write a 15-minute cabaret as part of ECA in our final mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. We had a session with our mentor and I was like, well... You know, she said, well, so what stories have you, what kind of ideas have you got? And I was like, well, my dad's gay. Like my dad came out when I was 10 and his partner is trans and I used to be a stripper and I've destroyed five cars and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh my God, this stuff is cabaret gold. Stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Yeah. And she was, and she's like, you know, you could do 15 minutes on your family alone. I said, oh, I could do 15 hours on my family alone. And, um, and so that became the very start of a storm in a D cup. And even in the final installment of the show, I was still using two of those same songs and that is just where I felt at home like I just did that little cabaret and um I was like oh this this makes my entire degree feel worthwhile (laughs) so that felt like a very expensive piece of paper but yeah it was um it was wonderful and it yeah it just really felt like I'd found my niche and it took me two years to get off my ass slash find the courage to write a 
full show, mm -hmm. um, but I just booked a, and this is in 2011, mm -hmm. so six years ago or so. I booked a theatre, I started selling tickets to A Storm in a Decup, hadn't written the show yet. Went, well, better write it. Better write it, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, kind of, you know, what we all do, get an idea, so. start yeah. selling tickets to it and think, yay, deadline. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely what we do with, like, uh, comedy festival and stuff because you have to yeah. get the title and the blurb in and yeah. then you're like, right, now to deliver on that. Exactly, yeah. Oh, and then you just keep referring back to the blurb to sort of stay true to what your original intention was, yeah. yeah. So cabaret's not really a huge thing in New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, because yep. I know that in like places like Melbourne, because I know yep. um, a few cabaret artists from Melbourne, there's uh, like the Green Room Awards and there's a whole cabaret yeah. section, yep. uh, which is awesome. Yep. In like New Zealand, cabaret's quite, it, cabaret's mostly done by visiting performers, yeah, which is cool. kind of interesting. Yeah. What what makes cabaret different from, say, stand-up or musical theatre? Is it kind of a mashup of those two things? Exactly, right. yeah. Um, so cabaret generally, you know, musical theatre more often than not it has a fourth wall mm -hmm. um stand-up is a lot more i mean there's lots of there's storytelling stand-up there's mm -hmm. jokes driven you know punchline mm -hmm. stand-up um i guess cabaret is generally direct addressed to the audience so mm -hmm. um it's you and them like i kind of feel like cabaret is it feels like you know that point at a party where it's kind of the end of the night and everyone's sitting around they're onto the red wine, telling mm -hmm. stories, and then for an hour, yep. the spotlight lands on you. So mm -hmm. it has the ability to have that level of intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it has. I think it's got quite a bit more theatricality to it than say stand up, mm -hmm. purely because of the way it ebbs and flows. And um, you know, I know I know that some stand up is very well crafted, but cabaret often requires because it's got the music. You know, there's lighting changes and sound cues and yeah. it's more, yeah, theatricality, yeah. I guess. Whereas stand-up has a, you know, you can stand on the stage for an hour mm. just just talking, yeah, and yeah. so it's a little, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, it seems like there's a lot less room for, I guess, sort of riffing throughout it. Like it's it's kind of a carefully crafted journey. Yeah, definitely. Can mm. be, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, like I know with my stuff, I do riff a lot particularly if I get a bit of heckling when I say heckling I mean like you know just conversation with the audience and I love that mm -hmm. but it will mean that my show will invariably go 10 minutes over yeah. and they're just <laughs> you know when you're in a fringe festival it's like you're down 10 minutes and I'm like yeah but my audience were fun yeah. So, yeah you always have to write the show like at, at 45 just in case but then it's 45 yeah, uh, and then you know you've got your Sunday night audience who oh, they're having a cup of tea. So yeah. yeah, I'm my downfall is that I generally you know I'll write a sixty minute show mm -hmm. and then it will go for seventy minutes. So great <laughs> slap on the audience wrist for me. Noted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, don't make plans after you see my show. And so you're you're performing at the Griffin Theatre. You had quite a mission to actually get here. What yeah. happened? So what happened was I was booked to uh, into VK's comedy oh, yes. bar, comedy club, yes. and um. And we like we were so organised. So do you know Geraldine Quinn? Yes. Yeah, amazing Melbourne cabaret performer and Zulika Khan, who does this great show um, called Triage. It's about nurses. And so we all use have used over the years the same pianist, Cameron Thomas. Right. And Cameron was keen to come to Wellington. So Zuli and I were say we had a six p.m. and then an eight p.m. time slot at VKs, so we could share Cameron back to back, and then. Um, Cameron told Geraldine and Geraldine was like oh well that would make sense so she wanted to get 
a slot that was later. So it would, Cameron would play for Zuli, then myself, then Geraldine. Mm-hmm. So then we could split his flights, split his accommodation. So convenient. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it, you know, worthwhile for Cameron to come over. And, um, and so that was all orchestrated. We had back-to-back times. We got like, boom, like, you know, this is so, this is fringe organisation at its best. And, um, and then sort of early December, I got an email from the owner of EK saying, oh, I'm not sure if you know, but I'm no longer the owner, not sure what the new owners will do. And this was the day after the program had been distributed oh, and God. gone to print. Like I'd paid for an expensive ad in the thingy. My graphic design work had been done with oh, a venue all over it. And I was like, ah, you know, it's a few weeks before Christmas. So then we were obviously... it's terrible timing. Yeah. It's extremely awful. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously stuff happens, but it just wasn't contracted so there was no like we just you know lesson learned like you know we didn't really dot our t's and cross our whatever this expression is (laughs) dots crosses dot your t's yeah um love hearts yeah and um so yeah so we emailed hannah the fringe organizer and she was really helpful in trying to find alternatives so we were were looking at meow and Mm -hmm. san fran but we couldn't quite get those back-to-back time slots that we had or on the right date so it might have been a tuesday here or a thursday there and get a solid run yeah which you kind of need yeah particularly you know when you're traveling across the country across the seas mind you I think flights to Perth are more expensive than they are to New Zealand, so it's sort of. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that I even needed my passport to come here, but um, um, but yeah, so it sort of got to Christmas, New Year's, and we still didn't have anything concrete. And Zuli, one of the other girls, was like, "I'm not feeling good about us finding a solution. Like, I'm thinking of pulling the pin." She was like, "I'll still help cover Cameron's cost because that was my that was our deal." And Anyway, this went on and on, even all throughout January. And then maybe mid-January, I was like, this is, I feel like we're pushing poo up a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just, you know. Mm-hmm. And anyway, then we were having trouble recuperating our costs. So I was like, look, I'm just going to come over to Wellington anyway. I'm going to come over, check it out. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can do one night only at Meow or something. Mm-hmm. And then this was just over two weeks ago. Yeah. And then the next day, Aaron from Griffin sent me an email saying, we've just had a slot come up on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which were my original dates. Great. Do you want it? And I rang Cameron and I'm like, should we do this? He hadn't changed his flights either. Yeah. So, yeah, two weeks ago, I'm thinking like, everyone's been on sale since December. I feel so behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the fringe were really supportive in, you know, helping it be clear that I was coming back and mm-hmm. little things like that that they could do to help. So. Yeah, I'm really glad I've come come over. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I hope the yeah. show goes really well. Yeah, me out. too. All that kerfuffle back and forth. Yeah, and you know, like I, sales are reasonably good, I suppose, considering. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of resign myself to the fact I'm like, look, I'm not going to see this as a huge yeah. capitalistic activity. I'm yeah. just going to come over and get a vibe for the audience. Yeah. And yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. But I'm, I'm loving you, it. I'm glad you managed to come. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I have a question about the songwriting mm-hmm. um, because you said it's so much about, uh, I guess, putting person, personal life on stage. Mm. Well, to start with, it was it was like talk about your family, talk about your, um, you know, your your time stripping, your time mm. crashing five cars. Did you say? Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, <laughs> shocking in hindsight. Yeah, but there was just a period where I look back and think, wow. And I lucky to be alive. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but how do you do? You do you write the whole song? Do you use Cameron for the music part? Do you? What's what's your process? So mostly I do parodies. Yeah. So I'll just kind of hear a song in my head, like, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for the cars, for example, mm-hmm. like I told the story. So what I use my favourite things, mm-hmm. um, but I did the song mainly about one particular car that caused me a lot of grief. So the car's number plate was Wham, and um, and it was just the biggest lump of crap. And um, so the song I use my favourite things. I just went um. Oh, how does it go? Um, um, the engine's got a um, four. No, oh my god, I can't believe I forget it. The engine's <laughs> got a fat crack. Um, engine. Um, oh my god, I don't know if it's just because I'm tired or if I've literally blanked it's on the song. Because totally some bitch rammed up my back four boarding tires won't get you too far. This is what I call my piece of shit car. Oh, and then yeah. and then I tell each story about the things. Yeah. Um, muffler won't muffler that puffs like an ass that is backed up. Can't tell you how many times that I cracked up. So it's like I'll, or I had another incident, um, this is with the Storm in a D-Cup, where I was doing a kid show, kids' oh, theatre and education show. Yeah. That's how all good stories start. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I had a urinary tract infection. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was <laughs> horrific. And so I rang my boss in the morning. I said, I'm not particularly well today. Mm-hmm. You know, not wanting to give too much information. He's like, well, you've got to work. He said, we've got three shows booked. I said, look, I've got a urinary tract infection. And he's like, well, we've got three shows to do, so you're going to need to do Does it. Does it stop you singing? Yeah, exactly. And it was bad. Like, oh. it was bad. And um, so by the third show, I was like, well, I'm probably going to die today. And um, <laughs> and so I'm halfway through the show and I was like, and it's a two-person show, highly awkward, and I'm sort of making eyes with my colleague and I was like, I have to get off, I have to get off the stage. Yeah. And um, and this is obviously too much information, but welcome to yeah. the Storm in a D-Cup. Fine. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I ran off the stage, go to the toilet. Not sure if you've ever had a urinary tract infection, it's but it's worst. like, ah, ah, ah. And so oh, I just <laughs> popped the thingy. And um, I didn't realise but I'd left my headset microphone on. <laughs> So out through the speakers, the, these, children. the children who would have been, you know, between five and eight years old could just say, ah, oh, Jesus, ah, like this. And, um, and you know, my colleague quickly ran over. But, you know, that Belinda Carlisle song, darling, leave the light on for me, does where the world takes me away. I don't, but I probably do if I heard it. Yeah. Like, oh, that one. Yeah. Super 80s or probably 90s, actually. Yeah. And I love Belinda Carlisle as a kid. So I turned it into I left my mic on to pee <laughs> and so it's just hearing a song that is resembles mm. um the story and and in Lady Liberty I do time after time has become wine after wine um yeah. and little things like that and yeah, and so I've got one original song in um, Lady Liberty and that's called Lady Liberty because mm-hmm. there was sort of nothing that really couldn't find any other songs some of the songs I do straight up like I do a slow down version of I want to dance with somebody that's you know I do don't stop me now like I have so I have faithful songs to the originals and then I've got my own little interpretations but it's fun I find it really fun and satisfying it's fun to go through and just be like right what's going to fit into this exactly that's, that's more funny than the original yeah like I've got a blurred lines parody that's about labiaplasty of all things because <laughs> um, I read this story about what girl, young girls are doing to their bodies yeah. all in the name of beauty and perfection yeah. and, and so what yeah. they're told is, is the, the normal so they yeah. normal so they get these cosmetic procedures mm-hmm. and yes yeah, so I read a story about that and I was like oh that has to go in the show somewhere and yeah. 
So I thought, oh, what's a really like sexist song? Blurred lines. And so I sort of, <laughs> you know. mess with that. Yeah. And I'll know pr- pretty much within 30 minutes if the song's going to work or not. You kind mm. of like, you either get a flow or it's like, nah, this isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. Do you know um, Sparrow Folk? No. They're a duo from Canberra. Oh, cool. Who are musical performers. And yep. they, um, they just did a song called Love the Vagina You're In. Mm. And it was a, it's like, I guess, in response to Love You Plessy as well. Mm. Maybe they read the same article, but... Maybe. Yeah, it's it's glorious. I've got a music video with a whole lot of people dancing. Oh, amazing. It's, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Sparrow yeah, folk. cool. They're beautiful humans. I know them through improv circles and awesome. things like that. But they're glorious. And the other hilarious thing about vaginas that mm-hmm. I just read... Uh, is um, there's a guy who's in, who's applied for the patent for basically like vagina glue. Have you seen this? No. It's, it's like a little lipstick. Okay. And you, you apply it. And the idea is that it just glues everything shut so that when you have your period, you just collect it yourself. And then uh, when you pee, it, it, you know, washes away and then it goes out and then you can reapply the glue. And it sounds horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. Dude, no. <laughs> can we all just sort of come to terms with what nature's intended yeah a little bit <laughs> like but just i just i just just the idea that this guy was like i know we'll just glue your fanny shut was this in the um paper i feel like i might have seen something on facebook i think it was very recent i've only seen it the last few days yeah 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 just uh, yeah amazing i just had a friend share and this said this is horrific or moron or oh, the latest moronic invention yeah to control yeah and yeah. i was like i don't know I don't think I need to read that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to be judicial about what you read on Facebook these days. Absolutely. Because yeah. there's a lot of terrible, terrible news. Yeah. And a lot of really beautiful links like, here are 30 videos of babies enjoying the company of puppies. And you go, thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah, I will dedicate two hours of my day give to me, watching this. Yeah, give me that video. Yeah. Give me the puppies, give me the kittens. Yeah. But other ones you're like, no, I don't need to read another. Absolutely. Yeah, I know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the worst. Do you, find, do you ever find yourself getting into, I mean, you, you were saying you don't get into like, um, you know, big, deep issues of women's liberation and things because of the kind of show. Do you ever just sort of generally get into social commentary, like, politically? Or is that not your jam either? Um, as, yeah, no, I've got a pretty open-minded uh, or um, forcefully-minded song in my show about marriage equality, or oh, like thereof in Australia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely. Again, it's all through the guise of comedy. Um mm-hmm. It's a Little Mermaid parody of Part of Your World and involves audience participation. It's oh, really fun. It's beautiful. It's really fun. And it's, you know, I've done the show as it is mm-hmm. and it's a little bit heavy-handed to do it sort of out of the content. No, it's not, it's not even heavy-handed. It's just nowhere near as funny. And because it's the third song in the show, mm-hmm. I had to make, like, I had to lighten it by, you know, using the conventions that I've used. Mm. So... Yeah, I know. I def- definitely, you know. The space for do- it. Yeah, yeah, delve into social commentary. And my next show, um, I've got an idea for a show um, that I kind of want to be generally about mm-hmm. feminism and, you know, modern feminism, but again, through the guise of comedy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think it's that classic thing of a performer. You start with what you know. You start with your own life. Yeah. And then you're like, well, this is exhausting, burying my soul on stage. So yeah. I'm just going to talk about other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you also don't want to be... I don't want to be branded as a really self-indulgent cabaret performer either, which is why, particularly with Lady Liberty, I was like, you know, I'm going to have one part of this that's about my journey and one part of this that's a very reflective on everyone's kind of journey. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
not mm. for me. Yeah. What's what's um what's touring like? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Um, look, for the most part, I love it, mm-hmm. but I think the older I'm getting, yeah, I'm, and I'm 33 now. Oh, so old. Oh, so, we're, we're yeah. So, I'm 33 in a month. <laughs> yeah, well, they're taking bookings at the nursing home. Oh, so, you. yeah, um, we're all good. Um, <laughs> I'm just getting a little more homesick. Mm-hmm. So, a bit more of a homebody. And um, so, this, I will have been away for a month nearly by the time I get home on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I can just, after a week, I was sort of like, Oh, you know, I miss my partner and we got engaged at the end of last year. Oh, so thanks. So I think maybe that's made me just a bit even more needy. Like I'm already a pathetically needy person. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, but I think, I, you know, you just accept that it's part of the job and mm-hmm. the more successful brackets I become, the more I have to be away because I can't just keep flogging the same crap in Adelaide every yeah. night. So you've got to yeah. go around and take the work somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my, my partner works in the arts, so he travels a bit as well. So sometimes we can travel together. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Look, uh, highs and lows. You get to see amazing new cities. You get to meet wonderful new people. You get to taste new coffee and eat new food, and you know mm-hmm. all those things that I never take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the flip side, it's living out of a suitcase, never being able to find anything. I've packed one shoe, one boot and not the other, so I had to get my partner to send it. I've left one thong somewhere. Like, you know, just... Do you mean the shoe or the underwear? The shoe. in <laughs> uh, Undoubtedly the underwear as well. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just like any job. Like any job, it has its peaks and troughs. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. first what's, world problems. What's your favourite place to go? Um, uh, um, like Edinburgh is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a hard month. The first mm. year I hated it. Well, I didn't hate it. The first year I struggled, but my phone and wallet was stolen from my dressing oh, room on no. opening night. Oh God. So I think that just energetically soured my experience. I imagine. And it just took me a while to bounce back from that. But my second year I loved it, but you know, it's cold and it's rainy, but Edinburgh is just an incredible city and... Mm-hmm. You know, both years I've kind of tacked something else onto it. So, mm-hmm. you know, tack a week holiday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, New York was amazing to yeah. perform in, like yeah. ridiculously amazing. Um, it's a great city. I it's love New York. It's such a great I only city. I six days there and I want to go back and spend like a month there or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I did. And I talk about that a bit in the show. Like New York just became my obsession really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. You know, Wellington's obviously really cool. So right, I wasn't digging, but thank, thank you. Of course, <laughs> it's the icing on the cake. It's yeah. such a gorgeous city. Like I, right. sorry I, about the weather. It's freaking. I thought it was gorgeous yesterday. It was gorgeous yesterday, but that was like the only like it's the, oh. the summer's been crap. I've heard it's been crap, but yeah. you know, I've lived in Melbourne. It's like you're sort of pretty yeah. used to it. Yeah, weather's yeah. weather's weather. Yeah. You know, um, that's so cute. I knew it was. You know, everyone said it's a lot gorgeous. Excuse me. Um. But um, it's so quaint and pretty and great architecture and yeah, yeah. You can walk everywhere. Yeah, kind of you can't walk from Seatoon, but um, it's pretty decent. It's yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. nice How's that hilly. coffee stand up? Well, I've only had one. Oh, um, because I'm so, sort of trying to have one a day, and mm-hmm. um, but it was really good. I, yeah, I've heard it. My partner was like, "It's the best coffee in the world." Oh, it's like. 
cool yeah i'm unreasonably proud of that given that i do not drink coffee yeah okay yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah good job wellington yeah not touching it so yeah you, you do you but yay. yeah yeah you do you <laughs> yeah um the lovely girl who i'm staying with is we're going somewhere near sea tomb for lunch near where she lives mm-hmm. which apparently has great coffee great yeah so i'm hanging out that'll be nice yeah right. yeah but and, no i love food and coffee and all the good stuff. Good, mm. good. We should give you some suggestions of, of, of spots to go. Although they've oh, probably do. given you all that for Fringe. Like, yeah. They give you like a welcome to the city. Here's places you should go to eat. Yeah. 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 That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so far I've been to so- Scopa. Yes. Oh, and yes. And Plum. Mm-hmm. They were both great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can put in a vote for Sweet Mother's Kitchen. Awesome. Yeah. Where's that? Uh, Q- Courtney Place. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, everything's walkable. You'll find it. Yeah, amazing. Great. <laughs> That's probably enough of that. But um, uh, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me. My pleasure. Uh, and I hope great. your show goes really well. And I'm glad yeah. you made it. Because, me too. Yeah, I know that I don't know Zuli, but I know Geraldine's had a freaking terrible time recently. So yes. it sucks that she wasn't able to come I over. know, I know. And it's, yeah, I felt, because this was, you know, her original spot as well. So mm-hmm. when they offered it to me, I emailed her straight away. I was like, you know, do you want, do you this? want this? Because... Yeah obviously performer etiquette so mm. yeah it's good yeah you but don't want to burn those bridges in a small industry oh god no. no but she's amazing and she's actually just picked up a few green room nominations which yes. is very well deserved i saw so, that i was yeah. going through and it was like best cabaret and it was just body of work it, yeah. like other people got for shows and hers was just all of her stuff what a test like what an amazing testament yeah. to your talent she's yeah, so great she's incredible oh, anyway geraldine we love you yeah um uh thank you for coming in i hope the rest of your day is lovely and i hope Thanks. the coffee is good yes me too thanks jen Amelia Ryan she was a really lovely and very patient with a very grumpy Molly this morning who's who's currently in my lap Uh, she's really doing some solid interference today what a little monkey Uh, thanks so much for listening if you have uh, comments queries suggestions please remember go to botsyourjam.nz this is two-thirds of the way through that is a second week of podcasts delivered daily what a bloody champion Uh, we have one more week to go which is exciting and um I'm very excited about finishing that off. I've got some really great guests on the way. uh, And I hope that you have been enjoying this because I definitely have. Uh, Thanks very much. I will see you tomorrow. Ciao. What's Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017. Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening.